Hello and welcome back to Dramini Audio Fix. My name is Amber and today I'll be reading chapter 23 of All You Want by Senlin Yu. This fic is rated E for explicit and does contain consensual sex. Chapter 23 Everything Feels Right Granger was having an argument with McGonagall and Draco was not paying attention. He was still reeling from the revelation that Granger had not wanted him warned away following her heat, that she had asked him to scent mark her because she actually trusted him. He felt as though the ground had fallen away from beneath his feet and he was in the process of free-falling. Maybe he'd hit his head harder than he'd realized when Burbage and his friends had caught him in the hallway. He'd been distracted at the time. He'd been walking around in a daze since the moment Hermione had turned her face into the mattress and quietly said, I'm actually pursuing medical options, removing my ovaries to stop the heats, and my glands too, just getting rid of the whole issue so that I won't have to deal with it anymore. He'd been so shocked when she said it, he'd forgotten to breathe. No, don't, you're mine. The words rose immediately to his tongue and he had to bite them back. No matter how many times he reminded himself it was all temporary, he couldn't stop himself from hoping that he could somehow find a way to convince her otherwise. It was like she was in his blood, beating through his head more steadily than his pulse, as though the ground tilted toward her and eventually everything ended at her feet. He wasn't sure when it had happened, when all thoughts started ending with her. But when she said, it makes more sense to just stop being an Omega, he couldn't beg her not to, because she hated being an Omega, and he knew it. In retrospect, he should have realized she'd do something like that. To her, it was a problem to be solved. If she couldn't make it go away, she'd slice out every physical aspect she could get a scalpel near, seize back the sense of control she was rarely willing to give up, physically cut herself free from it. Of course she would. He hadn't ever expected he'd somehow get to keep her, but the desperation on her end staggered him somewhat. He wasn't sure what he was supposed to do or say. Up until that moment, he'd thought there was a chance he'd somehow find a way. There were things he'd dreamed about doing with her without even realizing. Soul bonding, having children with her, which was bizarre because he was 18. At the start of the school year, he'd considered getting married within the next decade as early. Parenthood had never even occurred to him aside from the obligatory heir he'd have at some point. He'd never even held a baby. But when she said, remove my ovaries, he was suddenly struck by the realization he wanted to have children with her. Children, as in multiple, that he had ideas of what they'd look like. He was attached to the idea. He had to leave because he wasn't sure what he might say or do if he stayed. He might have said something that would have resulted in getting his balls hexed off by Granger, removing all chance of hypothetical children for an entirely different reason. Malfoy? Are you upset at me? He'd frozen and then turned back to look at her. Not at all, Granger. I just happened to have a bed in my dorm that I should probably make an occasional appearance in. She had stared at him doubtfully, but he didn't know what else to say. Oh, you know, just feeling internally crushed to hear that you don't want to soul bond and have multiple children with me. He'd gone back to his dorm and laid in bed trying to come to terms with it. Was it better or worse that it wasn't just him? that she was rejecting all Alphas. She didn't want Longbottom, or the older Weasley boy, or Theo, or anyone else. 
She probably didn't regard it as a personal rejection of anyone. She didn't want an alpha. She didn't want any alpha. It wasn't just him. It was a fucking hollow sense of reassurance. He couldn't sleep the whole night. He was used to sharing a bed with her. It felt cold and empty to sleep alone. Theo snored. He couldn't stop thinking about it. That someday, it would be over between them. He'd just go back to being... him. The one who followed without asking questions until it was too late. Who stood near the wall and watched her scream without doing anything. Without even entertaining the idea of doing anything. She wouldn't need him anymore. Not because she had someone else taking care of her. Not because she had found someone she was happier with. But just because she wasn't going to be an Omega anymore. He wasn't even sure how to think through it. What was just instinct and what was real? Were there things he felt that would stop if she went and sterilized herself? Wanting to soul bond is a biological imperative. So, once the hormones are all gone, I'm sure the desire will fade away. It's probably just an instinct. Would it really work that way? If she weren't an Omega, would everything fade away? He supposed certain aspects of it would. Without the pheromones, the sex wouldn't be the same. He wouldn't not. She wouldn't smell the same. She... He wasn't sure what she would smell like. Not peaches. But he couldn't imagine that everything would just vanish if she weren't an Omega anymore. It wasn't like he'd only started fancying her when she'd presented. That would be convenient, if everything on his end would just disappear or fade over time. He was pretty sure it was going to be more like having a part of her die. All the parts of her he'd known. The way he'd gotten to fit into her life. Just gone. The very idea felt like a wound somewhere inside him that he couldn't locate. But, at the same time, he'd cursed fate that Granger was an Omega, that she'd presented before he'd ever had a chance to demonstrate he'd changed. If she weren't an Omega anymore, he'd actually have a chance to prove to her that he meant it all, that wanting her and being good to her wasn't a biological imperative that would vanish under a scalpel, that when he begged her forgiveness he meant it, when he told her how perfect she was and swore he'd never let anyone hurt her again, he meant it. He'd never just stand there again. He wouldn't be someone who watched in order to save their own skin. He could prove that she didn't need to be an Omega in order for him to promise those things to her. Just being her was more than enough. He'd already tried to show her that they were more than biology, and it seemed to work somewhat. Until the previous evening, it hadn't even occurred to him to have sex with her without scent marking. In the past, the possessive instinct to lick her had taken hold of him and she'd always seemed to like it. But after their conversation, he realized that she regarded having sex as something she was only a physical participant in, not something she was personally involved in, as though she were loaning her body to her Omega for temporary use. So he decided to see if it was different if he intentionally avoided her glands. It had seemed to have a profound effect on her. If he could pull it off again, he might be able to start slowly shifting her perception of what being an Omega meant. Having had sex with her at two separate points during the day had seemed to have taken the edge off for her in a way that just getting her off in alcoves and empty classrooms didn't. Normally she'd burst through the door and jump him, they'd barely exchange any words. When she'd arrived after astronomy, they'd actually had an entire conversation about arithmancy and discussed their... whatever they were. He had been trying to think of how to pull off having sex at two separate points during the day, given their respective academic schedules, when he felt the hex hit him in the back. 
He hit the stones so hard he briefly blacked out. When he regained consciousness, he'd been surrounded. As Burbage began his monologue, Draco bided his time, reminding himself, if you get expelled, Granger will be here alone, then she really will go sterilize herself. When he heard Hermione's enraged voice and watched half a dozen seventh-year boys go flying through the air, the feeling was indescribable. She was positively crackling with rage, as though it were somehow shooting from her fingertips, the ends of her hair, and out of her eyes. It struck him that saying he fancied her was really something of an understatement. She was the most terrifyingly beautiful creature he'd ever laid eyes on, and it didn't have a damn thing to do with how she smelled or what it was like to have sex with her. Her eyes kept flickering over to him while she was arguing with Cornelius. When she nearly called him her alpha and then amended it to saying, Draco is my friend, he'd wanted to snog her in the middle of the hall. When Burbage called her a mudblood cunt, Draco had wanted to murder him. Fuck self-control. Draco would have ground him into the flagstones if Granger hadn't caught him by the wrist. After Burbage and everyone else had left, everything got very confusing. His head was still throbbing slightly. And then Granger was suddenly talking about how she'd sexually assaulted him and forced him to stay with her during her heat, how he had left afterward because she was muggle-born, and growing nearly tearful as she talked about how he'd refused to look at her, and how the reason she couldn't do anything about Goldstein was because it would have risked getting Draco expelled. Granger had apparently spent a lot more time worrying about his consent, his risk of expulsion, his inheritance, and what a blight he'd consider her to be upon his pure-blood reputation if anyone knew he was shagging her. Draco was so stunned he could barely speak. He wanted to bludgeon himself with something. The sense of shock he was experiencing was so acute, he didn't even know where to begin trying to reevaluate everything. The number of conclusions and assumptions he'd apparently reached in error... If she spent that much time worrying about him, it indicated that she possibly liked him better than he had imagined, that his interest in her might not be objectionable. It was not an opportunity he had any intention of letting slip by. He had spent a lot of energy trying not to be clingy, trying to be noble and not presume he got what he didn't deserve, and apparently it had just resulted in Granger thinking she was someone he was ashamed of being publicly associated with. He had an opening— and he intended to exploit it to the utmost of his abilities. She'd sat hugging him in the middle of the hallway, apparently not intending to go to transfiguration class at all, and he began growing hopeful that he could carry her off to their room and have a long, clarifying conversation, preferably one punctuated with snogging and sex. Unfortunately, he miscalculated Hermione's indignation slightly. Instead of snogging to celebrate the clarification, she wanted to have a meeting with the headmistress, which was in the exact opposite direction of their room. She physically dragged him through the castle, apparently oblivious to the number of people who noticed them passing. If she didn't mind, he wasn't going to complain. In fact, if it all ended up working out for him the way that he now hoped and intended, he was going to send Burbage a thank-you note. That would certainly piss the bastard off. Granger was talking indignantly to McGonagall about the school's bullying issues, and McGonagall was not sounding particularly impressed. Draco didn't particularly care because he was preoccupied with schemes and elaborate plans involving Granger and locations that were not the headmistress's office. All right, I'll speak to Ginny this evening. Thank you, headmistress, Hermione was saying as she turned to look at Draco. He assumed that meant they were dismissed. He gave a faint nod of acknowledgement and followed Granger back out to the hallway. Finally, he could snog her. 
She turned and looked up at him worriedly, and as he took her in, he noticed. You're a prefect again? he asked, staring at her chest and trying to mask his dismay. Patrols would most definitely cut into their evenings. When had that happened? She furrowed her eyebrows. Yes, that's what the headmistress and I have been talking about for the last half hour. You're looking dazed. I think you may have a concussion. We should go see Madame Pomfrey. No. I'm fine, Granger. It was hardly the worst blow to my head I've ever experienced, he said, drawing himself up and rolling his eyes. Granger looked more horrified. You mean you're dealing with repeated head trauma? That can lead to serious damage. You should have mentioned it. I should have taken you to the hospital ward first. I'm so sorry. Then she was dragging him off again, and Draco was kicking himself internally. He caught sight of an alcove he was rather partial to and abruptly jerked Granger back and dragged her into it. Draco, we really need to... He cut her off with a kiss, and she was stiff for only a moment before she melted into him slightly. She had the most divine curves. The way her body molded against his was perfection. He slid an arm around her waist and tangled his fingers in her hair as he nipped lightly on her lips. He probably couldn't shag her there, but if he snogged her into a sufficient daze, he might be able to distract her from dragging him to the hospital ward. He drew her head back and kissed along her throat and brushed his lips across her glands. She gave a ragged gasp and then abruptly stiffened. Don't. He felt her hands against his chest, trying to push him away. Draco froze as if petrified and then wrenched himself back. Hermione was panting faintly and slumped against the wall. We need to get you to the hospital ward, she said in a strained voice. If you have a concussion, it needs to be treated. Leaving it could result in brain damage. God damn. He was going to be cock-blocked by his own brain. His shoulders slumped and he rolled his eyes heavenward. I'm fine, Granger. He looked down at her pleadingly. She straightened and put her hands on her hips with a pinched expression that he somehow found distressingly appealing. You tried to send me to the matron because I bumped my nose last night, she said with a huff. You have bruising, the skin is scraped and broken in several places, and earlier you were holding your shoulder like it was hurt too. If I looked like that, would you believe me if I said that I was fine? That was so damn low. Fine, he said, his mouth twisting bitterly. Granger started pulling him out of the alcove, but he stopped her. Malfoy, she said, stiffening and glaring at him. Just wait, he gave a faint sigh. If I have a concussion, she'll probably make me stay overnight. I should... I didn't scent mark you last night, so I should now, so I can be sure you're all right. And I haven't gotten you off at all since last night. Oh, she was silent for several minutes. He'd normally have had sex with her several times the night before, and he usually tried to find her before her first class. It was midday and he'd barely kissed her. If she wasn't feeling it yet, she was probably going to start feeling it soon. Probably as soon as she had a minute to stop feeling indignant. I, I'm sure I'll be fine, she finally said. Her voice was slightly high and rapid, the way it got when she was nervous. It doesn't wash off that fast. You should really see Madame Pomfrey. And if you start, and then you're staying overnight at the hospital ward, it will be a lot harder to, to, come down from. And I have prefect duties now, so I can't just hide in the Gryffindor dorms. Draco hissed with irritation and wanted to punch the wall. The idea of her walking the halls if he hadn't sent marked her was enough to put him in a possessive rage. Why are you a prefect again? 
I thought you didn't want any leadership positions this year. Weren't you listening to the conversation at all? Granger said, raising her eyebrows and tossing her hands in the air. McGonagall is too overdrawn managing the school so soon after the war to deal with all the post-war issues the student body is dealing with. A lot of the professors are new, and there aren't a lot of prefects who aren't looking for added responsibility. I can't just go marching around the school throwing hexes at anyone who tries to get you expelled. It's not as though you're the only one. Pat, there are other vulnerable students who need someone to look out for them. So, I asked to have my badge back. Draco stared at her for several seconds, then gripped her by the shoulders and dropped his forehead down to the top of her head. Gryffindors and their damned hero complexes. Granger, you... Ah! He said. He sighed, ducked his head down, and kissed her. Her lips were like silk. He could kiss her for days on end without getting tired of it. She always gave a tiny gasp of surprise when their lips met, and then a small moan in the back of her throat as she started kissing him back. He slid a hand along her jaw and felt her pulse under his fingertips. It fluttered like a snitch in his hand. He darted his tongue out, and she shivered and parted her lips. He pushed her back against the wall and delved greedily inside her mouth as his hands ran along her body. Her curves had filled out during the last several months. He wasn't sure if it was just an Omega thing or because the stress of the war had left her underweight. Her waist was smaller and her breasts had gotten bigger. She was lush. Just feeling her was enough to set him entirely on fire. He carefully avoided her glands and palmed her breasts, popping open the top buttons on her shirt to kiss the tops of them. She tangled her fingers in his hair and whimpered. Draco, no, she said in a thick voice, squirming away and her hold on his hair tightening. I'm saying no. He gave a frustrated groan that made her shudder and whimper against him as he pulled away. Fucking Burbage, he said, clutching his teeth and pulling his hands away. Fine, I'll stop, I'm done. He pressed his hands against his face with frustration. It's, it's not that I don't want to she said, rebuttoning her shirt quickly. But I'll be worried the whole time. We... there's time for that later. I want to be sure you're all right. He gave a resigned sigh and set his sights on later. Fine. We really should hurry to the hospital ward. She grabbed him by the wrist again. Her palm pressed against the gland there and he gave a quiet, frustrated moan as he let her pull him along once again. Madame Pomfrey spotted them the moment they entered the infirmary. What is it this time, Mr. Malfoy? Did you bend over and hit another doorknob? Or was it the disappearing step on the stairs again? Pomfrey studied him with a pointed expression as she cast a diagnostic spell. Peeves, Draco lied promptly. Granger's expression grew indignant as he smoothly continued. Knocked out a suit of armor on me when I was heading to class. The helmet caught me in the side of the head. Really? Pomfrey said as she examined the readings on her wand. I don't think he likes me. Draco said blandly. I'll mention it to the Bloody Baron and see if he can do anything about it. But you know how poltergeists are. I'm sure you will, Pomfrey said in a tone drenched with skepticism as she pulled on his arm slightly and he yelped. You have a concussion. And bruising. No reading or homework for the next twenty-four hours. I'll keep you here under observation overnight. No reading? Draco said, his eyes widening with horror as he gripped his book bag defensively. It's crucial to let the brain rest while it recovers, Pomfrey said, jabbing toward him with her wand. You never said no reading or homework before, Draco said, crossing his arms and straightening belligerently. It's not that bad. 
The diagnostic shows you lost consciousness from the impact, Madame Pomfrey said, drawing herself up with a severe expression. Granger gave a faint gasp, and the air abruptly filled with her pheromones, which set Draco's entire body on edge. Go change into hospital pajamas and get into bed so I can deal with your bruising. I'll go get the potions. Thank you for escorting him, Miss Granger. You may return to classes. Pomfrey bustled away, and Draco turned to look at Granger with an expression of dismay. You lost consciousness? Hermione asked. Her eyes were round with horror. Very briefly, Draco said with a dismissive shrug, moving toward her without thinking. A few seconds at most. She took a small step back, growing pale with rage. This is never happening again. I'm never letting you out of my sight. Draco started to open his mouth to reassure her, but then thought better of it and snapped his jaw shut. If she never wanted to let him out of her sight, well, he was not going to raise any objections. In fact, if he were gravely injured, she might not go running around the castle alone when he hadn't scent-marked her in nearly twenty-four hours. She might decide to stay around and nurse him back to health. She might think she smelled enough like him, but Draco did not, and forty-eight hours was another story altogether. He wasn't sure it would stay that long. "'You'll be all right here, won't you?' she said. I have to meet with Ginny and Neville about joining the prefect roster. She glanced at her watch, and Draco's eyes narrowed as he began calculating how to make her stay. Maybe during dinner I can come and read to you. We have the same classes, so the assignment should be the same. We can start the metallurgy book to figure out the amulet, if you want. And then we can talk about... about... She blushed faintly and gestured awkwardly between them. Of course. You should go he said, turning to grab the pajamas Pomfrey had left for him. I'm sure I'll be fine, alone, in the infirmary. He glanced surreptitiously at Granger, who suddenly looked guilty. Pomfrey is here, though. Her voice trailed off as she looked for the matron. Pomfrey had not yet returned with the potions for Draco. Of course, Draco said and nodded, but then he glanced carefully around the room. It's not like Burbage would do something as low as attack me in the infirmary. I'm sure if he did and I yelled, Pomfrey would come back quickly. Maybe I can stay and keep you company. I don't have to see Ginny immediately, Granger said slowly, inching toward him and studying his face to gauge his reaction. You don't need to worry about me, Granger, Draco said, carefully concealing his glee. It's just a brain injury. I don't feel comfortable leaving you, she said, jerking her chin up. If you hit your head again, it could be really serious. I don't want to take a risk like that. If something happened to you because I wasn't here... She broke off for a moment. I'm going to stay, she announced, putting her hands on her hips and raising a defiant eyebrow, as though she expected to fight him about it. Well, if it makes you feel better, he said, hiding his smirk as he stepped behind a dividing curtain and started to unbutton his shirt. I don't want you to feel obliged. He forgot about his shoulder hurting and twisted it to get his shirt off. He gave a faint hiss and Hermione suddenly materialized beside him, apparently forgetting the reason for dividing curtains, and that seeing him half-naked was not normally something she did in public. "'Are you all right? Oh, gosh, that looks awful. Let me help.' She tossed his robes and shirt onto the bed, pulling the hospital pajama shirt up over his shoulders and buttoned it carefully for him. As she was straightening the top button, she suddenly turned bright red, apparently realizing her invasion of his privacy. "'Oh!' I'll be on the other side if you need anything. She vanished back through the curtains before Draco could catch her and try to convince her to help him with his trousers, too. 
Draco had just finished changing when Madame Pomfrey came back with several potions. "'Miss Granger, you're still here,' he heard Pomfrey say through the curtain. "'I told Draco I'd keep him company. We're doing an arithmancy project together, so I was going to read a metallurgy book aloud to him, if that's all right. Being read, too, is fine. Please wait here while I treat him.' Pomfrey came through the curtains and dosed Draco with several foul-tasting potions that Quidditch had made him too intimately acquainted with. Then she got him into bed and removed his shirt briefly in order to slather his shoulder with something very herbal-scented. Draco had to bite back a snarl when her fingers grazed too close to his glands. Then she dabbed Myrtlap essence onto his face. Now remember, quiet activities. No reading. Madame Pomfrey gave him a severe look before she drew back the curtain and invited Hermione through. Miss Granger, I'll trust you to follow the rules. Madame Pomfrey bustled off again without another word. Draco and Hermione stared at each other in silence for several minutes. So, metallurgy, is it in your bag? No. Oh, you don't have it? Is it in your dorm? Draco leaned back against the pillows. I have it. I just don't want to read right now. Granger nodded. Do you need to rest? I can just keep you company and work on an essay. She smacked her forehead with a sigh. I don't have my bag. I left it in the library with Pansy. Draco blinked, forgetting what he'd been planning. You left your bag with Pansy? Well, yes. She thinks she owes me a favor for some reason. I tried to tell her she doesn't, but she won't listen. So she's decided the proper way of repaying me is by cornering me in the library and setting me up with a successful political marriage. Draco's eyebrows shot up and he felt his jaw tighten. Why does Pansy think you want a political marriage? Oh, Granger blushed faintly, shifting at the foot of his bed. Well, she was there the night with Anthony, and realized that I'm an Omega. Because she thinks she owes me a favor, she appeared in the library today with all these scrolls with profiles of eligible alphas for me to choose from before I graduate. Since, according to her, I can marry any alpha I please and make them do anything I want, including robbing banks for me. She rolled her eyes and shook her head with an expression of disbelief. I've robbed a bank. It's really not as much fun as you'd think. She shuddered faintly. Draco stared at her dazedly, wondering if he maybe were severely concussed. He wasn't even sure which part made the least sense. Anyway, Hermione continued, picking up his clothing and rapidly folding it into a neat pile, apparently oblivious to the mess of information she'd just dumped on him. While we were discussing my ambitions in life and who I should marry, you came up. I did? Draco echoed, and the corner of his mouth quirked up as a warm sense of elation came over him. Bless Pansy. And she said to stay away from you, that I shouldn't have anything to do with you because you're dealing with a lot this year. Because she said, being an Omega, I'd probably really hurt you, and you're already being bullied, so I needed to just leave you alone. Fuck Pansy. I hadn't even realized how this year has been for you. I've been so absorbed in myself, and I didn't think... When she said that, I panicked a bit and left all my books with her and rushed off to find you, which is probably not really what she'd intended now that I think about it, Granger finished, straightening his pile of clothing and fidgeting with the blanket at the foot of the bed. I see. Really? She looked over at him wide-eyed. No, I don't think I understood any of that, Draco said, grimacing as he stared at her. Come here. Looking at you from so far away is giving me a headache. It wasn't but he suppressed a smirk as Hermione's eyes grew even wider and she hurried closer with a worried expression. 
Draco caught hold of her hand and pulled her onto the bed. She gave a small shriek as she toppled into his arms. This is a good distance, he said, feeling triumphant as he wrapped his arms around her waist and buried his face in her shoulder. This isn't really any distance, she said in a slightly wobbly voice as she wiggled on top of him and shifted her weight, trying to regain her balance. Hmm, he said, breathing against her glands. We should... Don't you think we should talk? She asked after a minute. We should, Draco said without loosening his hold on her waist. But I'm still recovering. Maybe if you kiss me, I'll feel well enough to. He pulled his head back just enough to give her a sly smile. Hermione's eyes narrowed. Is your head really even hurting, or are you just pretending so that I'll fuss over you? End of chapter 23 Narrator's Note Thank you so much for listening to Dramini Audio Fix. I recently set up a coffee page, that's K-O-F-I, for those of you who want to support my work with a donation. You will find the link in the episode and podcast description. Thank you so much for your support.